Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 61st episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Our special guest on this episode is our good friend, grill man extraordinaire, Meathead Goldwyn. We'll be talking about grilling some veggies, also some other ideas about some grilling that you may not have considered. Of course, if you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and of course, share with your friends. Now, what is the best state in America? Well, if you think it's the one you grew up in, you're not alone. Someone polled thousands of people all over the country and showed them a series of head-to-head matchups. For example, what's better, California or Texas? Then they took the results and ranked all 50 states by winning percentage. Now, overall, people were very loyal to their home state, choosing it in 77% of its matchups. Now, according to the rankings, the number one state overall, not surprisingly, is Hawaii. Now, the 10 most popular states are Hawaii, Colorado, Virginia, Nevada, North Carolina, Florida, Arizona, New York, Georgia, and Texas. Maine, California, and Alaska all missed the top 10 by 1% and tied for 11th. Now, the 10 least popular states are Alabama, Mississippi, New Jersey, Arkansas, Iowa, Indiana, South Dakota, Missouri, Kentucky, and Kansas. Also, U.S. News and World Report just put out its annual ranking of the best countries in the world, and Canada is number one for the first time. And the U.S. moved up one spot this year into sixth place. Our guest today on the podcast is a good friend and a grill man extraordinaire, Meathead Goldwyn. And first off, Meathead, always good to see you, my friend. Always good. Yeah, we can see each other now with uh, <laughs> the new technologies. <laughs> now, as we go into, man alive, it's hard to believe it's April. We've gotten past Easter now, uh, getting ready for summertime. And also in spring, we talk a little bit about vegetables and growing in a garden. And Meathead, when I think about vegetables, you were the first name that came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, um, uh, it, well, you know, my wife is a, um, a master gardener and uh, she uh, grows a pretty large garden. Um, but when we were first married 45 years ago, wow. the first garden we planted, the first thing we planted was asparagus. And that's about the first thing that comes up in spring. And asparagus is coming up now and it's in the grocery stores. And uh, it's much better on the grill than any other way you can cook it. Um, it you know, it, 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 it looks like a, a spider when you plant it. It's got a lot of roots. It's just a root ball, really. Mm -hmm. And you bury it under a mound of dirt and it pokes up through the dirt and it'll keep coming back every year, more and more. Um, and uh, you pick it early in spring. There's a couple of myths surrounding asparagus. Uh, one is, is that the fatter, the thicker asparagus aren't as good as the thinner asparagus. Um, the, they're, they're really about the same in, in flavor. In fact, the fatter ones can be tenderer and juicier, but there's a, the fatter they get, they get a kind of a woody um, bark on them. And so you've got to peel them like you would a carrot or um, a potato. And so you peel that woodiness off the, off the stem 
first you chop off the bottom about a half inch. Um, then you peel them and they're really tender and juicy inside. Um, and they go so well on the grill. Steaming and boiling asparagus just makes them mushy and gives them a funny stink. All you need to do is throw them in a pan, sprinkle a little olive oil on there, a little salt on there. And then if you want some herbs, I like a blend of herbs uh, and just sprinkle them on there. Bring them out to the grill and right over a high heat, roll them around, let them get a little char. The tips, which are smaller, will get a little char on them and uh, bring them in. And I will typically cook them just before the meat. And so when I bring them in, they'll sit at room temp for a little while and they'll cool off a bit. And they're just fine at room temp. So um, uh, this is a really good time to start grilling asparagus. Now, what are some of your others that you like to, uh, to, to work on in the garden? Or maybe if you're out hunting some, uh, some veggies, is there uh, any, any particular hunt you're going to go on? I've never, I've never seen asparagus growing in the wild, but uh, I'm in the Chicago suburbs. And uh, in the woods around here, we can find ramps. Now, you'll see them in some grocery stores. Ramps are a type of um, onion. They um, are like scallions. Mm-hmm. Uh, only instead of the uh, tops of scallions, which tend to be round, kind of like a, a straw, a hollow straw, the, they have sort of a flat leaf. Um, and they're, 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 they're fairly mild and they grow wild in the woods, um, I think, all over the country. So if, if you can find some woods down there in Oklahoma, <laughs> you might find some ramps. Um, but uh, uh, they're probably in some of the better stores. And you can treat them just like you would scallions. You can chop them up, throw them on a salad, or, you know, if you're going to do a stir fry, they can go in there. But what I like to do with them and what a lot of chefs will do with them is pickle them. And this is something that um, a lot of people don't know. There's essentially two ways of pickling. One way is, is you ferment the food inside a pickling container um, where uh, bacteria and yeast will alter their structure. Um, and there's salt and all kinds of stuff in there. And those can be stored at room temp. Um, but you can also make what we call refrigerator pickles. Mm-hmm. And refrigerator pickles have to be stored in the fridge. But they are brain dead simple. And the, 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 you don't ever have to worry about a wild yeast getting into your pickling batch and ruining it. Uh, you just take some vinegar, some salt, um, and then if you want some sugar, some garlic, some dill, whatever you want. But all, all you really need is vinegar and salt and uh, put them into a jar, clean them up real good in a real clean jar and pop them in the fridge. And uh, you get these really neat pickles, which are great for chopping up on top of a barbecue pulled pork sandwich or something like that. You can do them with jalapenos. You can do them with regular onions, quick pickles. If you want a more specific recipe, go to amazingribs.com, my website, and I have pickled ramps recipe there, but you can do it with a whole variety. You could do it with asparagus. Um, uh, pickled asparagus is kind of fun. Now, now being from Illinois up in the Chicago area, do you stay away from the heat? Yeah, I heard you mention the jalapenos. I know a lot of folks from the North don't like the heat like we do here in Oklahoma, Texas area. What, uh, what's your thoughts on the, on the heat? <laughs> I'm trying hard not to accuse you of racism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
we Yankees, <laughs> <laughs> although there, there is, there is an element of truth here and I'm struggling with that now because I do like hot, spicy stuff, but not too hot and jalapenos are within my tolerance, but I cannot handle, um, scotch bonnets or some of these really hot peppers. And I know people who just chomp them raw or they, you know, put three times as much hot sauce and stuff that I do. I always recommend when people are cooking that a little, a little a hot spicy is really nice. It really adds something to the flavor, but don't go overboard. You can always add more. You can always put a bottle of hot sauce on the table or dice up some uh, Thai bird peppers and put them mm -hmm. on the table. People can add them if they want, but you just never know when you've got Aunt, Aunt Marjorie at the table and she can't handle <laughs> it at all, or a Yankee like me. <laughs> now, what uh, what is one of your favorites, since we're talking about spice, I don't think this is something we've ever really talked much about. No. What, what would be one of your favorite spicy recipes on a grill especially as we're uh, just coming in the spring well i i put spicy in a lot of sauces um and and, and uh, uh i'm not just thinking of the grill but i for example this week i've been well i've i've been playing with fried rice huh. and and uh, when and, and whenever you're cooking in a wok you have you need a lot of heat to cook in a wok and most stovetops just don't have enough heat to really do a good job of stir fry. So what I've been playing with is I get my charcoal chimney. Now, if, if you've not seen these, they, they look like a giant coffee can yep. and, and, and they have a fake bottom and you can put crumpled up newspaper in that fake bottom and you put the charcoal in on the top and the charcoal catches on fire. And it's, you know, the, the, there's maybe five or six briquettes deep. So there's a concentration of heat and the heat coming out of the top of those things, well over a thousand degrees. Yeah. It's like the back end of an F-16. <laughs> um, and you can put a wok on top of that thing. And now you've got Chinese restaurant heat. So if you like doing stir fry, and that's where a lot of stir fries have a lot of hot peppers and such in there or hot sauces. On top of a charcoal chimney is the way to go. And you just take it outside and you can you can put the charcoal chimney on top of a gas grill if that's what you've got. You, you, you know, you just need something to catch the ash and the, and, the, and the sparks when they fall. I've done it in a wheelbarrow. Um, if you're going to do more than just one wok full, um, there's a risk that the wok will starve the charcoal for oxygen and the charcoal will start to die out. You don't want that, you want the heat. So the solution to that is, is I've drill a few holes just below the upper lip in the charcoal chimney to get oxygen in on the coals from above. Once you've done that, you've, you, you've got a, a hot chimney that'll burn for 30 minutes or more. You can do walk load after walk load after walk load. And uh, <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot of walk. Walk load after walk load after walk load. <laughs> oh, they're, they're only here, only here, Dell. Uh, we're also coming upon Mother's Day, and there's so many other holidays that that fall upon us here, real quick. But uh, Mother's Day, this is something we always like to talk about 
some ideas because we got to start thinking ahead of time as guys. Now, this is, you know, we we're starting, we're, we're swinging in a barbecue season. Now, you guys down in Oklahoma, it never ends. But uh, I mean, either, even even in the snow, I'm, I'm out there cooking. But, you know, you got Mother's Day, Memorial Day, Father's Day, Fourth of July. I mean, it's just one right after another. And they're all grilling holidays. Um, you know, it, 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 restaurateurs will tell you that moms really love filet mignon. Um, and that's because it is the most tender uh, cut of meat on the steer. And so um, filet mignon comes from the beef tenderloin muscle, which is a long slender muscle. It's um, a, a, a little longer than your forearm mm -hmm. uh, and it's a, just a little thicker, but it can, you know, about three, three inches thick. And um, it's pretty easy to prep. You can buy a whole beef tenderloin a lot cheaper than you can buy individual filet mignon steaks, which are about eight ounces a piece. Right. You buy a whole tenderloin, you can butcher it yourself, which is pretty easy. You basically, there's a, a little muscle that grows on the side. You take that off, you chop that up, you make um, stew or, uh, or kebabs out of those. Um, and then you have this big, long muscle. You got to peel off some of the silver skin on it. And uh, then you can cut it into individual steaks. And I have a whole movie of how to butcher a beef tenderloin on AmazingRibs.com. So you can see me do it. Um, and uh, uh, now you can freeze what you don't use. So if there's four of you for Mother's Day, you pull out four of them the day before, defrost them, sprinkle a little salt on them a couple of hours before you cook. So the salt has a chance to penetrate. And then if you want to season them with something, um, you know, one of the steak seasonings or the Montreal seasonings or uh, just salt and pepper, uh, go right ahead. And uh, they grill up beautifully because they're fairly thick. And so by the time you get a good dark crust on the outside, they can still be medium rare in the center. And of course, you want to cook that on in a two zone. Ah. Is that how you want to do that? Ah, yes, yes. Um, always. We've talked about this before, but I can't stress it enough. Set up your grill in two zones, a really hot side and then no heat on the other side. And it, you, you, you usually you start the meat on the no heat side so it will gently warm and get an even color throughout. If you start it on the hot side, you'll get this rainbow effect. You'll get dark, then tan, then pink, and finally rosy in the center. Um, if you start on the indirect side, it'll gently warm up to close to temperature. Medium rare, which is when steaks are the most tender, is around 130 to 135. And if you don't have a digital thermometer, get one now. <laughs> um, they're under 30 bucks. Uh, if you want a guide, we have a guide to them on our site. We don't sell any. Um, and, uh, uh, you, you started on the indirect on the, on the cooler side, and then you finish it on the hot side just to get the crust. And, uh, it, it's a great technique called reverse sear. And if it sounds weird, cause up till now, we've all been taught to sear first, go to our site and look at reverse sear technique and the physics, it works. Now you talked about the physics and is the physics what kind of made the idea about the walk over the chimney? Is that how that came to be for you? Or did somebody else give you that idea? Um, I was, I, I don't think I got it from anybody else. Um, I, it, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm just really interested in cooking and, you know, every time you start to cook a meal, 
you, you, you commence a science experiment, a chemistry and a physics experiment. Um, you're applying energy. That's what the flame is, the heat is. It's energy. You're applying energy to food and altering the chemistry of the food in the process. So, but I do love Chinese food and uh, um, I've always tried to do it indoors and it just never, the wok just never gets hot enough. And then one day I'm outside getting my charcoal grill ready for some steaks or something. And I look at that charcoal chimney and my eyes get big. I go, holy cow, that is the back end of an F-16. Where's my wok? <laughs> now, what other kind of a, a ideas have you come up with just by necessity, maybe? Oh, you know, I, I don't know that I'm the inventor of the reverse sear, but I, I, I probably have popularized it. And that's the idea of starting indirect and then moving to the hot side. Um, uh, we've done a lot of things with, um, well, I, again, cooking on the chimney. Um, uh, if you want to, if you've got a skinny steak, not a thick steak, a skinny steak, um, you can just take a charcoal grate and put it on top of the chimney and get a fantastic sear and cook that baby really fast. Um, uh, I do a lot of work with um, uh, grill toppers, which is uh, um, uh, like a mesh that we put on top of the grill. <laughs> we, we, we have a, a new puppy in the house that you might have just heard. <laughs> just saying hi. <laughs> uh, the website and my book you know i'm drawing a blank here but the website and my book are full of myth busting um uh, we've you know sat down and i've given thought to just about everything you've been told to do on the grill and almost all of it's wrong so <laughs> <laughs> Now, as as 2021, we're starting to see things kind of open up. Has uh, has your schedules kind of uh, started to pick up again as well? Well, um, we'll see. Um, uh, the traffic to the website, I really haven't checked. You know, um, I don't I don't obsess over that or the, the 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 numbers on how my book is selling. I just you know I'm, a, I'm one of these if you build it they will come kind of guys. But uh, usually as the weather warms, business uh, traffic picks up. As I said, we don't sell anything yet. Um, we will be introducing uh, later this month uh, our first um, packaged rubs and spices. Ooh. So we'll have, uh, we'll, have, <laughs> we'll have those to talk about sometime soon. <laughs> that, is, that is Sandy, a three-month-old yellow lab who belongs to Leader Dogs for the Blind. She's not our dog, but we are training her. Uh, she's the sev seventh one we've trained, and she's in here harassing my golden retriever. <laughs> golden retriever's just being quiet as can be. <laughs> now, you mentioned uh, the, the website, of course, uh, the book, and, and uh, you've got other projects coming up as well. The Mention the website one more time. and uh, Yeah, it's, it's amazingribs.com, and the book is called Meathead, the uh, Science of Great Barbecue and Grilling. And it's sold over a quarter of a million copies. It's one of the best-selling uh, barbecue books in, in, in history. And uh, um, we uh, uh, are, we'll be introducing uh, Spice Rubs uh, this next month. And uh, we have a meetup uh, conference that we're planning. It was scheduled for the last weekend in August, uh, but we have postponed it. 
uh, till uh, March 18 through 20 in Memphis. Oh, um, so that should be a lot of fun. Uh, sort of a get together for backyard barbecuers. That's good stuff. Well, Meathead, it's always great to visit with you, sir. And uh, well, who knew we were going to be talking gardening, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to get my wife in here. She is, the, as I say, a master gardener and um, she can answer anybody's questions. Speaking of questions, we ought to do a question and answer session here one, one day. We need to do that. Maybe we should do that next month. Oh, why don't you tell folks, uh, call in with your questions or write in with your questions and let's see if I can answer them. Okay, we will do that. And uh, so uh, before we leave, I'll just go ahead and give them the email to, uh, to send any questions that you might have for Meathead. Uh, send those to me. It's uh, gqwithcam at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get those questions answered by the expert. So there you go. Thank you. <laughs> always good talking well, me, to you, Cameron. Always good to talk to you. And uh, we'll talk to you next month, my friend. See you then. Well, thanks again for joining us for this 61st episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, or anything else you'd like to know, you can message me on the website at gqwithcam.com or find me on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at gqwithcam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, click over to the shop. We've got everything from hats, stickers, mugs, you name it, at gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. If you have a special guest idea, email me gqwithcam at gmail.com. Again, thanks to Brandon Allen for coming up with our theme music. We're going to let him play us out and hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday. <laughs>